There he is. Yeah, I'm here, bro. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I just came from a I just came from a a location scout. Um you'll appreciate this, Jeff. Tomorrow and this whole weekend I'm working on a movie, legitimate production. Uh it's called Alien Exorcism. Okay. Uh, it is a exactly what you think. Um it's going to be one of those low budget exploitative but it's a legit thing. So that's where I was before we started this. So yeah, good stuff. Um and I have had just a an amazing week, right? We're free. We're Would free. You say that right. We're free. Free for a few weeks. The, yeah. shackle, the shackles are gone. For a couple, did you did you land okay? Did everything finish okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. that thing I emailed you about is taken care of. So. Oh, good. Good. Yes. Good. 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 Yeah. Nothing uh, ominous about that at all. <laughs> what did he decide to do? I'll tell you later off off pod. Yeah, it's tell me uh, tell me off pod. But uh, yeah, I um. I think it was a good semester. Uh, you know, I, I think we had a good, uh, a good go. I just feel like it's been, you know, I've been so busy, uh, you know, collectively for the last few weeks, we haven't had a chance to do this and I've been super stoked. Yes. Super stoked to talk. If, if, if anybody is paying attention to our discord, it's loaded now with stuff because I just keep stuff in there and i'm gonna keep doing that until you or someone else tells me to stop but uh i watched the entire franchise yes so what we will discuss today yes so i can't i can't wait to get it and i thought the topic jeff i mean this was your this was your it's my baby folks (laughs) folks, you would think this was the other way around right but it was not uh this uh the the inception of this week's show and content came from the evil demented mind of dr hayes uh and um i was uh, of course was you know twist my arm right i'll I'll happily talk (laughs) about uh both of these movies but the theme is so timely because we are we are at the holiday season and we are seeing santa claus everywhere everywhere have been since halloween yeah, (laughs) yeah yeah but uh we're uh we're lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. He's Dr. Joseph Watson. On this here pod, we uh talk about films and jumping right into it. Uh this week it's all about I don't know if this is a real term or not, but Santa's Oh, but it's about it's, yeah, say it again. It's got <laughs> you're gonna invent it. Yes. Santa exploitation week. Love it. Love it. For us, we are looking at two films, Violent Night from 2022 by Tommy Workola. And if you had told me we had Vegas betting odds on the first director to repeat on this show, it would not, I would <laughs> never have put money on Tommy Workola. But did you know? Here we are. Did yeah, you I know did. when you, okay, I okay, when, okay, I, okay. when I picked it, I went, okay. I went, holy shit. Okay. He's going to be our first repeat. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he's got to join the show at some point. He's got to join the show at some point. Uh, and uh, as we were alluding to uh, uh, earlier, uh, we're going to look at the first of a franchise, Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984, directed by Charles Selier Jr. Um, I toss to you, sir. What would you like to begin with? Do we want to begin with uh, Violent Night or do you want to jump into Silent Night, Deadly Night? Well, first of all, to your point about Santa exploitation, uh, mm-hmm. this week in my digging, I came across a new, you know, people in horror people who study horror mm-hmm. they love exploitation if they can put exploitation, <laughs> exploitation yes. after everything <laughs> it works great for them right so yes. i was reading a lot about hag exploitation which is a new 
sort of study that they're looking at movies that feature like ghosts or elderly characters that are sort of like mm. spinster women, right right these kinds of characters sure. fascinating stuff right but you got to put exploitation on on the end of it you know <laughs> so it's hicks hicks exploitation black exploitation right now it's yeah. hack exploitation santa exploitation fits right in there I oh really with uh, it's it's a deeper really catalog than one would ever assume <laughs> With, so with I think this. I think when it's so in fairness, we should probably go in chronological order, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I I mean I feel like the bulk of what we're gonna dig away at here is how Santa has been incorporated into cinematic narratives specifically and what those sort of representations, where they've gone and where they haven't gone, and where we've been sort of allowed to explore. And then where suddenly it gets controversial, right? Well, I, mean, well, I was going to say, like, it was bugging me. I just didn't have time to do it this week. Um, I couldn't. I wanted to go back to uh, 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 Black Christmas, uh, which is sort of the ur text of this. Uh, did he dress up like Santa Claus? No. I don't, I, no, no, no. It's just, it's just it's just Christmas themed. That's so, right. So there's a movie from 1980 called Christmas Evil. <laughs> that ha- yeah yeah right um and it, it's also known as a uh as uh you better watch out that's the that's the okay. the secondary title for it um and it featured a character named harry that dressed uh, as santa claus uh when he kills people so mm-hmm. so silent night deadly night you know where in 1984 this was not the first time that we had had this kind of a story right yeah, this is not groundbreaking, no. So the question for me became because you and I both are of this generation. We remember this movie; it was controversial. If you don't we, remember this VHS box? You're it's just insano. It's iconic, right? For yeah. I mean that 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 marketing for that movie was so good that I think that is what drove the controversy more than 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 anything else was the advertising mm-hmm. campaign because. Well, people I did, lost I, their minds over this. Thing. I, they did, and I and I'll tell you. The, so the traces of it for me, what I could find was that it started in Milwaukee, and mm-hmm. it was because the trailer for the movie ran during a Packers Vikings game. <laughs> and of course, that the you know the started getting flooded with calls from this group uh, called Citizens Against Movie Madness, right? Um, all of this is documented in our Discord, so if yes, you want to follow along there. with it, you you can. Um, but so so it started with this group, and they're a national group. They haven't they didn't have a whole lot of success after this movie, but it is historically noted because they got it pulled from theaters. Yes, um, and and that was pretty remarkable. Um, a remarkable feat for 1984. Now, why this movie over? you know others at the time because it came out the same weekend as nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. it was actually doing financially better than nightmare on elm street and in fewer screens so we don't know it might have been a bigger widespread more widespread hit than it was and elm street might have fallen to the wayside right if mm-hmm. if things had shifted at this point in the, in the culture but for some reason this this movie at that point in time in 1984, maybe Jeff, it was coupled alongside of the 
of the crisis of children in the 80s of we have to yes. protect the children with the PG-13 rating and we well, can't it have... also it also ties into a lot of the Reagan initiatives of an education yeah you know um the original yeah. or as I like to call it the original no child left behind you know Johnny Johnny still can't read Joey so you know Johnny doesn't need to see uh, you know Santa going on murder sprees and right and right whatnot. and of course this this the, the funniest thing that you posted to me, and <laughs> I just found it so ridiculous, was uh, how bad it chapped uh, Siskel and Ebert's ass. Um, you, you know, saw that shame clip, on you. Right? Yeah, shame yeah. on you. I'm like, shame on you. I mean, I'm the writer were... of Beyond the Valley of the Doll. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about exploitative. I mean, but yeah. you know, they were they were relentless relentless yeah. in that clip um where they were just taking it i mean naming the producers by name and calling yes. them out and castigating them on i mean and we know and the, our listeners probably know but there was a period of time particularly in the 80s where if cisco and ebert didn't like a movie it oh, was gonna affect movie the goodbye. movie yeah yes. i mean it was gonna affect its box office success and so for them to come out so strongly about it i was you know mm -hmm. so thankful that i was able to find that clip on youtube um, and I'm still searching for the one hour Phil Donahue special that he did on the movie. <laughs> I I'm going to find it, Jeff. It's got to be somewhere. Because, and for those of you who don't know, Phil Donahue was a talk show host in the 80s, yeah. very popular talk show host, and, and was was really kind of the original Oprah in many ways. I would, right? I would encourage people to look up Phil Hartman as Phil Donahue. <laughs> it's even better. Even, it's better. even better. Even better. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, just maybe get a, a little bit more cultural context because you know i was alive but i was a kid and i you know i, I just i remember some of it but i i didn't come across this movie to see it until like 87 or 88 it was a vhs rental, rental you know right. um and uh but i remember it was so demonized and so now, I mean, at that point in my life, you know, right, you're watching movies for, you know, the 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 shock factor, you're looking for breasts and you're looking for, you know, I mean, because, you, you know, you're a kid at that point, right? But watching it 20 some odd years later, mm -hmm. this is a creepy ass movie, Jeff. Oh, it's very creepy. I mean, it holds up in some very bizarre ways. It's really bad in some other ways, oh, it's, right? it's... <laughs> But there, but there are some sequences in this movie where you go, okay, if they had focused solely on Billy's psychological journey, yes, and his Which relationship, they kind of, they kind of do, right? Yeah, like right? more, more in step than you would have thought. Like yeah. going into it, you, you, you know, and and I, I just I had that in my notes. You know, I was just like I was surprised by how they kind of took the time believe it or not to actually develop this psychosis <laughs> yes and so and so for our listeners who don't who don't know what we're talking about silent night deadline is basically a slasher film set during christmas about mm -hmm. uh this little kid who uh no growing up billy uh growing up uh his family gets um you know kind of carjacked and it turns Bird. by a guy in a santa suit and it and it, he gets you know the dad gets killed and the mom <laughs> i don't mean to laugh the mom well, the mom does not get raped right and this is what i does she what, not she, well i mean we never she, i mean she gets sexually assaulted, assaulted. yes but yes. but is there like is is there mm. a rape in that sense no but a lot of literature there says that he witnesses a rape and i'm like well i mean 
sort of. He witnesses an assault for sure, he, and it's a sexual sure assault. It's an assault. Yes. Um, and then he just, but then he just slits her throat. So anyway, so his parents are killed on the side of the road. He sees this, and is of course triggered years later. You know, we we see him kind of growing up at this Catholic orphanage, and we all know the Catholics are the Catholics are really, the worst. The nuns are. <laughs> I was just going to say they're the warmest people on the planet, right? They get they have the best repre- representation out there, right? Everybody thinks warm and cuddly when you think Mother Superior, right? And as as but, a lapsed Catholic, I will I will vouch for my own commentary. So I, I, I you know, please keep you, your keep your hate mail to yourself. You you have lived experience, yes. Yeah. So I do. So um uh so we see him, you know, sort of being misunderstood. That sort of hard line of you know, no, he's got to get over this, and and you know, he's and it doesn't work right. And eventually, we see him as he's an older kid. And he gets a job at a toy store, and of course, mm. that's when he he gets he gets asked to dress up triggered. in a Santa suit, and then he gets triggered and and starts going around as the you know naughty naughty you know, and yeah 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 <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, folks, if you don't know from that what you're getting into, right? When you watch the movie, that, yeah. that's what and, you're and, getting and, into, and also it's 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 in that exploitative way that they try to show you know woman's bosom as much as humanly possible right you know because again that's what part of the genre is if you put exploitation on something you just need to know that you're going to see a lot of violence and a lot of female uh nudity yeah no know? question no question yeah. because you know there's there's and you have to you know i i know that some critics struggle with this movie because they say oh it's is it camp is it supposed no. to be funny? Is it? And I'm like, no, it's really not supposed to be campy. Like, I mean, you could laugh at it in 2023 for sure, but at the time, yeah, I I don't think they were going for laughs. I really don't. And and the 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 iconic moment for me in terms of 80 slasher in this movie is when the the he's on his spree and he mm-hmm. goes to this house and the teenagers that look like they're in their 30s, 30s. are on the, are on the pool table right, and she gets <laughs> naked. But then she puts her pants on, but leaves nothing else on and goes all the way upstairs to open the door. Opens the front door. And then spins that whole... That's the campiest moment for me Mm -hmm. that's hard not to just absolutely crack up at, you know, because it's just so iconic of that generation and and the campy nature of what you would see in either Friday the 13th or or any one of these films, right? Yes, yes. but yeah, so so the tone of it though is taken very somber. It's very serious. They don't, you know, they really aren't trying to be. No, and I was going to say, wink, I was gonna point out, here. I was going to point out that the music is really good. Yeah, like it's it's got that. It's that creepy. Good vibe. It's, atmos- creepy it's atmospheric. It's very atmospheric. Yes. Yes. And there are a couple of sequences. Where you know it's it's slight montage stuff, right? But you see anima animatronics or or lights, you know, on on it's the decor becomes something other than than happy and celebrational, right? It's yes. um all of a sudden it, it's bringing and producing dread and fear and and uh, and anxiety, which is uh you know it it works in this context. I I, I really do think it does, and mm-hmm. so I'm kind to this film. 40 50 oh, yeah. years later I, I, I don't i i think it's an interesting artifact yeah uh, yeah if, if yeah. anything again when we talk about the heyday of the slasher film um and, and now that they had 
basically thrown everything at the wall that they possibly could every holiday that they possibly could <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know even even now you know eli roth coming back around for what was it november is that yeah is that uh, correct thanks, th- thanks killing or whatever thanks killing or whatever yeah, yeah. his yeah. movie's called um not the biggest fan but you, you know um no it, but you're right on the money it's it's yeah. that exploitation uh style of a holiday that hasn't really been done yet you know um mm-hmm. and uh i haven't seen that yet it's on my list um yes. i will i will get to it um but yeah i think you you wonder if they had left if the trailer had been different if they mm-hmm. left if they had downplayed the santa part of it would this movie have just gone by the way and I think they would have had to have overhauled it. the poster and and everything. Like yeah. there's just there's just no way, man. That bloody that bloody axe and a Santa yeah. and a Santa arm outside of the chimney, you know, and and just I, I I just but I think that they marketed it correctly. I mean, they didn't try to hide what it was. You know, there I think by there being no no bones about what it was trying to be is right. also what attributed to its success because oh. you know this is this is marketed toward the teenage you know early 20s demographic you know male well, and it's and it's <laughs> definitely and it's definitely following the um the mustafa akkad and erwin yablans oh like, man in Hall- the, halloween friday yeah, the, like, let's get Globus, a gimmick on it let's get yes, canon let's get a, involved let's get a gimmick this, on it you know and and the producers of this movie, it was interesting because the original title was Sleigh Ride. And yes. I saw where it, it was basically an unsolicited script or story that was purchased. And this is probably why a lot of producers and agents don't take unsolicited material anymore. But like it was it, you know, so they bought the story off this kid um, from either Harvard or Princeton or yeah, one of those story. Wasn't it, it was one. Of, yeah, it was like one of his stories. Mm-hmm. And um and so they bought it and then reworked it and then retitled it to Silent Night Deadly Night before releasing but the but the working title all through production was Sleigh Ride so they obviously were highly conscious of the marketing and what they were trying to do right so it can't you know it I I I don't think it's speculation there to say well maybe they just didn't know that they no they knew exactly what they were doing and it was smart for the for the time and the era and for the demographic as you mentioned that they were trying to hit, you know? And oh, so, yeah. And they knew they, just... they were going to kill on the home video market. Like oh, they, yeah. you know, this is in the the biggest, as we we've alluded to in many shows about the, the heyday of the, of the video market and how it basically helped create a whole new industry. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Low budget, low budget horror. And, and I'll, I'll segue with this is in saying that, you know, as as was the case for for the genre or even for the home video market this made its bones so if it makes a little bit of profit number two is right behind it coming down the chute as it were and i'm going to turn it over because you sir went above and beyond the call this week and (laughs) went down the whole rabbit hole of how many five sequels yeah four or five something like yeah there's five total yeah i mean it's yeah so so and all of them were direct to video, right? I mean, none of them got theatrical releases. Um, so, uh, it, 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 yeah. So I, I, it's definitely when I come across a franchise like this, and I haven't seen a lot of the movies in the franchise. 
um, it's very tempting to me to just to just keep going and to just, you know, keep watching them. And fortunately, they're all available. Like you can find them on Tubi oh, yeah. for free. Um, but uh, and they're not edited like I mean, it's, you know, it's it's <laughs> no, no, they're not <laughs> and all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so part two is really like a rehash of part one. They kind of pulled a little Evil Dead two trick there where it's yeah. really kind of the same movie. I you, you kind of have to accept the fact that Ricky who's billy's little baby brother who survives car on the night of the murder and the original murder yeah and we see him in the orphanage in the first one yes yes in fact he has the last line he so he the generate generative force in in part two and Mm -hmm. um is uh is 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 triggered by his memories when he takes one of his uh female companions to a movie Mm-hmm. which is uh, ironically a movie about someone who dresses in a Santa suit and goes and kills people. And so I couldn't help but think that part two for several little sections where I thought that they were really coming back at the controversy that was raised in 84, because this was a couple of years later and I think the climate was different. And, uh, and so there are, you know, that whole narrative device, let's put this in here. Cause it'll be funny because we're, we're, we're suggesting, oh yeah, the movies make people go kill people, right? I mean, it's you know, it's that like that kind of like um, uh, clap back to the critics that had come before them because they really didn't do a whole lot new with this story. It was like let's just let's just archive as much footage as we can. Let's use all of that stuff because about forty minutes of that movie is just the original movie, like just being narrated by by ricky and so the final they just shoot the, the, yeah the final like 30 to 35 minutes is like him on his spree and then that's it so three is a total departure but i will tell you that it's probably the only one out of the franchise sequels that is worth a watch because monty monty hellman, hellman. yeah when you wrote that to me i was just like are you kidding me blew my mind dude just blew my mind and um you can definitely see uh if you're familiar with Monty Hellman's work from the 60s and the 70s, you can see his deliberate pacing, his deliberate conversation. He's trying to be the anti-slasher movie with that number three. It's really, really quite fun, right? I would say it's a great movie, but if you're looking for an exercise in watching a director execute a style mm-hmm. across genres, right? Uh, the, you know, Watch something like Ride the Whirlwind which is his Western from the sixties and then watch silent night, deadly night part three. And you'll start to see, wow, that it's really, he did have a very signature style. Was Tulane blacktop a BBS film? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, Late, late sixties or seventies. I think Um, it might've been, it it might've been. Um, I know that uh, Hellman and Corman, were like two peas in a pod right yes. through the 60s and 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 into the 70s but i i don't know if that was bbs it wouldn't surprise me yeah if, i just for were. some reason it just i remember it struck me that it was but i, I might be wrong i don't know yeah. if only there was some way to know <laughs> um <laughs> well and then so then you get into four and five and they're they're really they have nothing to do with the original story at all um it's it's about a a sort of religious cult that's trying to but is think Rosemary's isn't what, baby and then isn't that what Halloween tried to do? You uh, know, when yeah, it got to season it, of the witch and said we're gonna just 
make it an anthology? Yeah, well, I definitely think that that's probably the direction they were trying to go because five is is about an evil toy maker, and it, so it's like a another anthology creepy story that happens on Christmas, right? As similar to what you're talking about with season of the witch. The only reason for part five is just this weird Mickey uh Rooney, Mickey Rooney in the yeah big the uh, world and he works in the movie like he's the only reason to keep watching the movie because the rest of it's awful but like when he's on screen you're like that's oh, Andy Hardy like doing an evil <laughs> toy maker who's drunk and psychotic and it's actually working which is crazy you know and then there's this there's this interesting history tied to him because he was very outspoken in 84 about mm-hmm. the original Mm-hmm. Uh, being against it right and so uh what i according to what i read and it was on imdb so i don't you know i don't know if it's if it's that factual or not but but the but the story goes that the producers of of part five the working title was the toy maker did mm-hmm. not put silent night deadly night on the title until they released it because they were worried that they were going to lose mickey rooney if he figured out that he was in a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. Wait a minute. Even though it didn't have anything to do with the original story, right? (laughs) I didn't sign up for this. So, so it kind of was dormant for a while, and then they did a remake of, or not really a remake, but a revisionist take on the 1984 film in 2012, a movie called Mm -hmm. Silent Night that has uh, Malcolm McDowell in it. Um, have not seen this. Uh, it's pretty bad. Um, it's and bad. then uh, uh, I noticed where uh, our our good friends at Scream Shout uh, did a uh, a nice Blu-ray 4K release of the original '84 film uh, last year. Um, and uh, and and the film remains, I think, pretty culturally iconic for you know um, it's it's for advertising campaign. Group, it's you know. it's yeah for for a certain generation, I think. We, if you bring that title up, they'll go, Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, you know. Um, yeah. you know, maybe they caught it on USA Network, yeah. If they didn't see it, they at least knew like what the story was about, or you know, you would know what the story was about and what the controversy was, you know, surrounding it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I still it, it will remain as one of those films that that will unfortunately be remembered as being one of the most controversial films of all time, specifically because the 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 advocacy group got it pulled which is just so mm-hmm. bizarre in cinema history like um you know that, that that a group would have that much affect on you know um on a distribution yeah. um uh so i think that will keep it sort of earmarked it's not going to end up in the national film registry but i mean it's certainly going to be you know it's certainly going to be something that is uh that is earmarked did you see what got added by the way they just announced that earlier i have week. not looked at the list yet yeah, it's a pretty decent list. I'll post it in Discord. Um, yeah, no spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But, uh, not yet. But uh, it, it's yeah. it's it's just uh, uh, we are going to double down now because I think <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up that you know controversy, making people upset. Uh, boy, culture really has changed because uh, our next film, Violent Night. Uh, from a year ago, uh, almost exactly, it was about a year ago, uh, from Tommy Wercola. Um, this thing is uh, uh, offensive on uh, on many fronts. Uh, a quick IMDb recap for you. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus, that's right, 
the actual Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Um, you know, I, I, I found this film, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I really hated this movie. Um, I, I, I found this movie to be just trying on so, so many levels. And it tries also to like give nods to die hard and home alone mm -hmm. and all of these things. And just in my opinion, at least I think it, it, it misfires more, more than not, but, and this is, I got mad love for David Harbour. Like, I just, I love David Harbour, but I was just like, what is this? Like, I'm grappling with drunk, pissed off Santa, and, you know, he's angry at the reindeer, and, you know, nothing seems to be working. And then there's sort of this, this, like, through line in the movie of, is it, is it anti-capitalism? Like, I, I, I'm kind of, you know or anti not anti-capitalism anti-materialism i yeah, suppose yeah. you know is 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 more a thing and but i find it hilarious that you know all the gifts in his bag are like video games and <laughs> you know all this all this stuff but i mean this is a really seriously violent movie folks like this is if you thought that Workola's little zombie flick nazi zombie flick was violent buckle up because this thing is like well, i mean it is couple. called violent night right it I is mean, called violent know, night yeah, it, yeah. it did not but again it didn't try to hide anything i'm not attacking it on that front i'm just like i was just kind of lost at you know what's what is this and i i pose this question to you i mean it it's certainly santa exploitation as we're talking about but i mean what what is this film well, don't you think this is the height of Santa exploitation, right? I mean, this is like the extreme. I mean, oh, we've like, come full circle. Yeah, right. So, you know. so okay. So let's first of all let's give props where props are due. Billy Bob Thornton playing bad Santa, <laughs> bad Santa. right? I mean that. So that sort of like turned the curve in terms of like what what we can see as culturally acceptable for for when a human being. Mm -hmm. is pretending to be santa, santa right Claus. this is a different kind of thing right like somebody playing the mythical character who used to be apparently some sort of norse northman slaughter viking something right something it's like Hammer, a norse, a norse, a norse <laughs> thor or a norse like braveheart <laughs> or something right i mean he's definitely had this like violent like barbaric like past but he can get um, killed like he can be injured, he can be killed, and and this is again where it, it's yeah. kind of lazy writing where they just go anytime anything comes up, he goes, I don't know how the magic works. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such yeah. Uh, so okay, so so for me, I went to see this in movie theaters last year. Mm -hmm. I did because I love David Harbor, and and I just thought, okay, from the trailer, I'm like, okay, clearly it's Die Hard with Santa as you know as the John mm -hmm. McClane kind of character, right? So I'm here for it, right? I'm ready, right? We go get warmed up with some beers. We go we go to see it in the movie theater. And everybody in the movie theater is just laughing and howling and having a good old time. Oh, this time, movie was right? a huge hit. And it, it, it yeah, it was it was a fuck ton of fun when you saw it in the theaters, right? Mm -hmm. So so but that that does not mean <laughs> that I'm still having a great time and I'm still going, 
wait a minute what like what just happened right because because it's so it's it it does not have um it is not flawless right it has a lot of problems particularly in terms of like trying to do that um let me be the santa mythical kind of christmas narrative where we believe again but then at the same time we gotta have these like gotta kick ass super (laughs) kick-ass action sequences right then you got a family that you really don't care anything about right and it's like why would anybody want to save them right so you got to toss the kid in right (laughs) you know who wants to have her parents get back together right Right. Uh, that's that's the christmas wish so you you but you can't you know the problem is jeff that it's like five movies in one right and they don't have enough time to really balance out everything enough and Mm -hmm. feeling cheated at certain moments because it doesn't feel consistent like the whole way through right and so and i can't get over how bad leguizamo is like he's doing the scenery right i mean mean, it's the scenery good lord (laughs) i'm like why don't you dial it back a notch chief well, I mean, clearly, I, what'd you say? David Harbor probably drove this project, right? I oh, mean, yeah. So, I mean, whenever he got but attached, David I'm Harbor sure that, has you know... charisma. Yeah, he's so great. <laughs> he's so great in this movie, right? So I, I, so I do like the movie. I certainly mm-hmm. understand where people could hate it. I will tell you that on a second and a third viewing, it gets way better. You you start like just, you know, you're like, yeah, let me get to this other scene where it's really fun and cool, right? Um. Because the action sequences in the movie are really uh, the choreography is great. They're brutal. I mean, oh, that so whole brutal. takes the hammer and finally, like, I'm like, Jesus Christ! Or he has to see the guy blow up. I think that's in the trailer. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, I gotta look. I gotta look. Yeah, I so I appreciated it, and I, I certainly think that it's an example of you know there were no to my knowledge there were no parent protest groups out there screaming about this one right and and i'm just like so we've really come you know full circle because our age demographic is to the point now where you know we're going to the movies for these adult movies and they know that we grew up with this shit so it's like you know the idea of turning it and making it david harbour in a santa suit where he's going to be kicking Take my money. Yeah, I'll I'll come watch that, right? Because that's going to be entertaining. You know, the other stuff just seems to be tertiary, but it did get in the way because you're like, okay, now you're trying to have the little Christmas heartfelt moment. Okay, now you're trying to do the the anti-material stuff. You know, okay, Mm -hmm. now we're trying to like learn how to be a uh, not a dysfunctional family anymore. That that kind of stuff is like kind of Christmas narrative tropes that you see, right? And they're trying to like Mm -hmm. weave those into this diehard structure. Mm -hmm. And that does, it it doesn't work for me on that level for sure. But as a fun movie, like if I'm going to pop something in on Christmas, Mm-hmm. where i can just laugh and have a great time and go oh ah, ooh, this is a this is the movie right? do you do you think its success is maybe attributed to also the superhero hangover i mean that this is more of an original kind of ip and and you know uh as we've come to the end of 2023 there's been a lot of think pieces now about it since this was really the summer of barbenheimer uh and it was the first summer in my god 10 years where you know it wasn't a superhero movie yeah that sort of was driving the the national discourse of what's going on in the movie theaters i mean you think that's it, that's a bit far-fetched or... uh, no i don't think it's far-fetched and i think that it it might it might mark a point where we can start sort of saying that this is where it started to decline and you started to see less and less because the marvel success 
of its releases since Violent Night has, has uh, each one has gone down, right? And oh, I think it was huge jump off the cliff. Yeah, I, uh, uh, they're the not Marvels even was, reporting on the Marvels anymore. Yeah, well, the, it was bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and by that, that means they still made money, but they probably just didn't make any anything near what they thought. And so, I. I, I think it was Christopher Nolan who recently came out and said, spoke publicly about, Hey, I, I like Marvel movies. I don't have anything against Marvel movies. I think they're great. I just wish they would give us time to breathe. And that's right. as I finally, somebody said it right. That it's like, we love those stories. Like there's nothing wrong, but the faster you produce, yeah, I don't yeah. need four a year. Yeah. I don't need that. And, and, and quite honestly, what has happened and and is that the quality Mm-hmm. from a story from a technical i mean we see this from the effects artists who are unionizing because they're under time crunches like everything's just got to slow down now the good news is from everything i'm reading from the industry trades from variety to hollywood reporter is that you know the tenor of those articles is strike is over why isn't production booming again well it's because everybody's a little bit more hesitant to jump into things because we're not really sure what the market is right now, right? Because it used to be that those old models of mm-hmm. Marvel's going to make 10, uh, 100,000 million, whatever, Indiana Jones is going to do this or this. And mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, nobody really knows anymore, right? Yeah. Because Barbie and Oppenheimer came out of nowhere. And I don't think anybody expected as right. big and, and, as they were. And we now we have, you know, tentpole releases like, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon um poor things is getting ready to come out uh mm-hmm. which by all projections based on what i'm reading is going to be a tremendous uh hit people are really going to go out and see this very strange film by, by, by lagrimos mm-hmm. uh but uh which again i'm i'm just i'm but it it makes sense of what nolan is saying and i i'm tying this back into violent night because i believe it's the end of last year into this year was the beginning of the lag is what we're getting at. And it was beginning to seem like we'd hit the wall and we just needed the movie or movies to push us back, you know, towards something. And again, that was Barbenheimer for whatever Mm -hmm. weird reason. I mean, Oppenheimer, I think would have, would have carried on its own, but the Barbie thing totally caught me off guard as it caught the whole culture off guard. Yeah. And I think that could have gone, you know, uh, it could have gone really badly for them. In other hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if that movie had not been so well executed. Um, So, you know, it was a huge risk, I'm sure, for both Mattel, for both the corporation and uh, and the distributor. Um, So, yeah, I hopefully... I mean, I know, too, right now we're in Oscar season, so, you know, there's there's a lot of, like, you know sort of non-traditional content coming out like napoleon and stuff like that but like <clears throat> you know and on christmas day i mean we were looking at the what color to go purple see. i believe yeah we always go to the movies on christmas day uh, as a family uh and um uh we don't know what to see this year yeah well is because, there any family family oriented movie Alex? uh illumination's got a movie coming out called migration which oh is the ducks animated, film. Yeah. uh the ducks the ducks movie uh then there's the color purple, which you know, there's no no disrespect to that story. Um, uh, I just don't know if I want to see that on Christmas Day. Um, uh, and then outside of that, you're looking at things like Wonka. That's true. That's true. You know, I'm gonna try not to vomit. Um, 
<laughs> That's what I should not your, be. Don't hide I your know. I, well, I don't. Well, I mean, I, where are you at on that, Wonka? I mean, come, I, you, I will. I will see it, but I doubt I will see it at the movies. Okay. Okay. That's how that's how I'll put it. I, I'll I'll put it to you this way. I'm going to see Phantom Thread at the movies this weekend as a re-release. So wow. you know. Okay, yeah. Jeff. All right. No, I got you. Yeah. No, you're you're a special case. Um <laughs> no, that's I'm called actually, I'm called actually worse. Yeah, it actually sounds pretty cool. Um uh uh so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna remain open. Yeah, but I just I, I feel like it is another money grab in terms of what property have we had sitting on the shelf for 10 to 15 years that can also sell tons of merch. And that is also like a household name. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sure the movie will have its moments and be quite entertaining. Uh, Timothee Chalamet uh, is, um, you know, quite the hot ticket right now, Mr. Atreides. Um, and so, uh, sure, you know, I, I I don't know if I want to see it on Christmas Day though. You know, I, you know, we saw Spider Man one year. Um, that was really good. Uh, you know, we we try to see whatever the big blockbuster fair is, but there just doesn't seem to be a <clears throat> superhero movie other than. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is Aquaman, but I mean, who wants to see that, right? Uh, not me. Not yeah. based on the trailer I saw yeah. <laughs> at Napoleon. Yeah. No, 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 thank you. And Napoleon was yeah. no great shakes either, folks. And and it'll and it'll be interesting to see what the backlash on Aquaman is because I know they've cut Amber Heard down so much, and so we'll just see if that movie gets boycotted just because of her presence. They did something of like six months of reshoots on that film. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, they've spent a lot pretty, of lot of was, coin on that film. It, it was it was pretty ugly. Um, you know, I felt really bad for the people who who worked on that film. You know, who who did great work, I'm sure. Because uh, the first one, which I did see, uh, had something like 2,000 effect shots in it. I mean, it was just ridiculous number of effect shots. Um, so I'm sure the sequel, you know, with the sequel, you always expect bigger and more. So I'm sure that's doubled. Uh, so I feel sorry for those people that have worked really hard on it. If it if it tanks, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I just can't get. I just can't get stoked for it, dude. Not not as like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the movie theaters and see yeah. Aquaman. I you know, I, uh, Aquaman period is you know, he's the guy from the, the with stigma. the with the, the orange and the green from Super Friends that you know, blonde hair and all that. I mean, this Jason Momoa's version of him is quite different, and you know, we saw well, different iterations up. of him, but yeah, yeah. 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 I mean and uh, nothing against nothing against bro culture. That's not me saying, you know. He's just oh, no, he's, no, no, no. he's all broed up, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's that's definitely uh there's this dudes that have made entire careers just you know off bro culture, but um uh but yeah, so I, I yeah, I don't really know. I mean, we'll go to the movies, but I'm not yeah, I'm just not really sure what we'll what we'll see yet. So, so but hopefully it'll be good. So so bringing our our thoughts here to a close for today, you know, what what have we learned about? Or what do you what do you think is learned about this this term the Santa exploitation? Like what's what are we walking away with with? Well, I tell you, you this for me this week Santa exploitation really took me on a journey where I was looking at because I haven't dealt with Santa in you know ten years right I mean it's it's mm -hmm. uh, you know I have kids but you know the 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 Santa mythology died a long time ago so it's not really been a thing for me. 
to deal with for a while. But growing up, both the kids believed in Santa and we did minimal amounts of effort to sustain said narrative. If anything, it was it was we would always ask generative questions that would cause them to critically think, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. How could, how is this possible? Do you think that's possible? Could he visit all the houses? Like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to throw in a little STEM education uh, along with the question. But <laughs> but it did for me, Santa Sploitation um, brought me to just re-examining what kind of role Santa plays as a morality figure in culture and how Same. much that is... Yeah. How much that is sustained, uh, for better or worse, by both religious groups, parents, schools. I read some articles about the ethics of school teachers, right? Um, Really good stuff. Uh, Just people writing about how hard it is to be ethical educators where you're supposed to be truthful and lead students to the knowledge. and, And but yet you're dealing with parents who. Uh, are supporting the what's called the Santa deception, right? Uh, they're supporting that mm-hmm. for their own uh, authoritative uh, purposes of discipline. And, you know, um, uh, I, I think that that's where I sort of left <laughs> is these movies made me think about, well, what role has Santa really played, period, in culture? And I think it's mostly been, you know, either for commercial gain or it's been in some sort of exploitative purpose, or it's been on a personal parental level from an exploitative way in terms of using Santa as some sort of bartering myth, right? I mean, that you, there's all kinds of parents that have feels about this, right? There's some are like, no, we tell our kids right away. We don't believe in deceiving them. And then there's others who are more traditional who say, Oh, we we sustain the Santa myth until they're you know in there. But early. yeah, we still see Coca Cola, M and M's, all featuring Santa. Right? Yeah, I mean front front and center. I mean the kids yeah. can't kids can't escape it. Watch fifteen minutes of uh, commercials on Cartoon Network, you know, and you'll 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 see Santa, 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 Santa. Yeah. So it's I I can't imagine what those parents. Or what parents have to go through. I, I don't have any children. I, I you know, uh, how I engaged with Santa exploitation was just like looking at it from more of a interesting uh, archaeological, <laughs> you know, like I said, like an artifact, and yeah. still amazed to get to Violent Night, and and see how that has sort of progressed and where we are culturally in acceptance of, you know, if anything, we're, we're now more accepting of violence uh, in films. And I think that that in itself is a whole other side conversation because, you know, again, this movie, I can't even say it. This movie was a humongous hit. There's going to be a sequel. So, you know, what does that say about how we connect certain things? You know, if you want to think about it in a rhizomatic way, well, I think if you go that direction, I think you got to start with the concept of and, you know, how um, there are certain uh, rhizomatic or timed moments, right, and culture where that excess bleeds out and comes out in all these different ways. And God, what, you know, Christmas, I, I don't think anyone has ever said, well, it's Christmas, let's go small. <laughs> right let's go big right? or go home man it's christmas let's go big yeah. so so violent night 2 is what we would expect right what you're getting at it's going to be bigger it's going to be grittier it's going to because all sequels have to go to that next level 
Um, so what, you know, what is that next level, right? Like, what have we not seen Santa do yet? You know, that would be like, whoa, you know, I haven't seen him do that before. You know, I, I, I don't know, but you know, Jeff, did, did, did it not, did, did, was there not at any point watching Violent Night Mm -hmm. where you went back to, in your head, at least to the movie Scrooged and when Lee Majors pops out <laughs> at the beginning of Scrooge and they're trying to talk through this <laughs> where Santa is defending the North Pole and all that. Yes. And they're laughing about it because Phil wants to broadcast it, right? He's like, you know, right. oh, let's let's put this on the air. People you can't do it. that. Right. Yeah. I, it's just it's it's I don't I don't know what that is in our culture. I guess we do have uh, an insistence on wanting to see figures that are mythologized sort of represented in uh anti-hero ways or we want to mm-hmm. see them backstoried into well, something our different or... our childhood suddenly adultized to make up a <laughs> to completely dr seuss a word yeah. there you know yeah um, no i just, like it i like it yeah, yeah yeah you know i mean that's that's basically what it is it's look at what they've done with again going back to superheroes look what you know Zack snyder did to to superman and to batman so i mean you know yeah and this is this is also not this is we're also talking about this just to be fair we're talking about this from a very western perspective right i mean you you, you you look at something like krampus right which yes. is a totally different right but for some reason right now krampus is still a little more demonized right than you know uh didn't hate that Santa. movie by the way did not yeah hate oh krampus movie. is great yeah yeah, yeah. rare exports there's there, there's some dark christmas movies out there um and so we violent night is a christmas movie are we it are is we a christmas movie. okay okay Absolutely. good silent night deadly night christmas movie okay right. absolutely right. i just want to yeah. be clear because we you know we we're having this discussion recently in my house because we were watching die hard and somebody had oh, the that gall. old that old argument somebody had the gall to say well, how is this a christmas movie and i just had to pause the movie and rail about you know how i'm so tired of that debate this is a christmas movie did you miss and, the jingle bells yeah. in the middle in in the film i mean did you miss what, the motif what, of the jingle bells I, I don't get it you know and and you know die hard just like violent night is about you know trying to reconnect with the family trying to bring the dysfunctional family back together again that's all he wants it's i don't understand why that argument is 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 still going on die and hard cocaine. is a christmas movie and cocaine die which hard, is really you. let's 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 be real christmas and cocaine <laughs> No better combo, right? <laughs> Not an endorsement. PM, trademark that. If you want to get in touch with us, you can a number of ways. You can email us, lonelyphds at gmail.com uh, with comments or questions, concerns, uh, or suggestions. We're, we're welcome to that. If you want to go a faster route, though, you can go to our Discord. Click on that link in our show notes. Uh, and feel free to post over there. We love people, and we love posting, and and uh, we hopefully don't over you know feel over like we go overzealous i don't think so i know that's just me personally but uh you can get in touch with us uh over there as well and uh until next time i'm dr jeffrey hayes i'm dr joseph watson we'll see you then